Welcome to an I Exist podcast. Our entire mission can be summed up in one phrase, becoming all that we are. It is our belief that fulfillment doesn't come from changing into things you aren't, but rather from becoming everything that you already are. And ultimately, we're here to press and empower you to lead lives that are full of fulfillment. We've dedicated this specific podcast to the dream, not to having the dream or even talking about the dream, but to living the dream. The reality is that there's a stark difference between having a dream and manifesting one. Here you'll gain insight and wisdom keys directly from some of the water walkers of our generation, dream practitioners, those who have decided to tread paths where there were none, to step out into only what they could see. Come take a peek into the minds of some who, from within, create our world's most magnificent realities. I'm the creator and host, Brian Farr, and this is the Living the Dream Podcast. Hey, welcome to episode 43 of Living the Dream, the podcast. I am your host, Brian Farr. I'm appreciative, as always, for you joining me today. Thank you to everyone who listens consistently, who has left a rating. Thank you to all of the subscribers. And by the way, that is something that I do not emphasize enough. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so, so that you can be notified every time a new podcast drops. I don't want you to miss any of this information. It's all good. It's all lived. It's all expressed genuinely and in hopes that it will prepare you, enable you, empower you to live your dream, to live the dream. So thank you to all of you. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on introductory speeches or anything. I have something that I want to share with you today. So let me jump straight in. I want to start by reflecting on an old video that I put up that you may not have seen, especially if you do not follow me on Facebook. That's the only place that I dropped it, but it was a part of a really short series of videos that I had and created called Candid Confessions. And it was the first among the two or three that I ended up doing under that title. And the theme of that entire video was centered around my life as a musician, which many of you may not know that I spent at least 15 years of my life as a traveling contract or staffed pianist. That was essentially the largest part of my career for, again, at least those 15 years. And the reason I made the video is because as a musician, over time, I had gone from being someone who got to play for a crowd of probably less than 50 people every weekend and grew to have an opportunity to be in front of, on average at the time, somewhere between, I don't know, 17,000 to 20,000 people. And that's butts in seats every weekend. And that wasn't including any type of online audience that was also present every week. And that wasn't just myself on stage. I was a part of a larger whole, but that opportunity was still big considering where I came from. And once you make those types of leaps and bounds in life, people start to ask you questions and some people start to make assumptions. And so I know what it's like to be a person who has to hear about everyone's ideas of what success is when they haven't made the climb themselves. So I got to hear all of the ridiculous claims that, oh, it must be the keyboard that he's using or piano that he's using. Oh, it must be this or it must be that. And not only that, even the people who didn't just assume and came and asked me the question, how did you get there? What did you do? I often, out of a habit, out of a taught habit, answered in a way that I felt like is incomplete. 
I come from a family who was full of spiritual people. And normally what I would always hear if someone was to receive any type of accolade or maybe be questioned in the same way, whoever was surrounding me would say something to the degree of it was all God. That was God. It's just God. And I understand that ideology fully. I understand that they were pointing to the fact that they did not give themselves the grace or the favor to get them in the positions that someone else may have been praising them for. But after answering people the same way, again, out of habit, out of what I feel was a lack of understanding, I began to think back and reflect. And I had to go back and correct myself for only giving people half of an answer or part of an answer. And I didn't take away the fact that God's grace had to be on my life in order for me to have the gifts that I have or, you know, to even wake up. What is an opportunity without the ability to walk, talk, breathe, whatever? And so in that way, sure, we can give God all of the credit. We can give life all of the credit. But the part that I often left out that I needed to say was that I also put in the work. And so what those very same people who were asking me the question did not realize was that once I started pursuing music production and playing live as a musician at the start of my high school experience, I ended up almost sleeping through half of my high school experience purely out of the love, the addiction that had grown in me of the sport of playing that instrument. My mom, who solely raised me presence-wise, had somehow convinced my pops to go half in with her on buying me a keyboard that I still have to this day that had the ability to record music. It was a synthesizer, which means that it had the ability to play multiple sounds, not just the sound of a piano, etc., Right around the age of 14, I believe so, I would have just gotten into high school. And so it became my best friend and my worst enemy concerning my school career because I just loved to go in my room as soon as I got home from school and I'd probably be on that thing multiple nights, plenty of nights until super early hours of the morning, maybe three, four. And of course I'd eat and things like that, but I try to get one, two hours of sleep often get up, try to hurry up and do whatever homework was due, hoping it wasn't too complicated so that I could get it done. I was a pretty smart kid though, but not smart enough to still do well all the time with my new and present addiction to music. And so it was in high school that I first really started seeing an accumulation of decent to bad grades. And that's like seeing below. For that reason, on top of whatever else awkward season I could be going through as a teen and not really fitting in type of situation, problems with certain teachers who probably just saw my potential and couldn't understand why I was underperforming. It made for a somewhat hellish experience, to be honest. And so even my mom was just like, hey, man, you got to get out of here. You got to make it out. You just just get through it. But my point is that I spent hours upon hours honing my craft. Not only that, I was given opportunity to practice and learn through church, religious activities at the time, things like that which grew me even more. And so if someone was to see me go from a small stage to a large one without me being able to explain that, sure, yes, I'm graced, I'm gifted, but there was also an addictive grind to it. And the reason why it was hard for me to even explain that is because it didn't feel like it. I actually fell in love with not really just playing the creation process that could happen through that instrument manifesting notes from my mind through an instrument. I didn't go to any Juilliard School of Arts type of situation. It was all coming from within me. 
right? And of course, I learned from musical family members. And like I said, I was given opportunity by people who were also musical and who could show me something every now and then type of situation. I was blessed to be able to be around other people who were good at their craft. And so that helped to grow me and refine my gift more and more. But most of the time I spent it alone, to be honest with you. I would go to a certain venue that had the instrument I was playing and I could sit there for hours alone by myself. The days after school, I could sit in front of a stereo system that I believe my mom bought me also back then when I was a kid, essentially, and keep rewinding some of my favorite music over and over again. I'm saying for hours at a time just to learn a certain chord, just to get it exactly like I heard it. I remember a cousin of mine had given me a CD that was full of beats that had been made by Timbaland over the years, who is a musical super producer, right? And I would listen to that all day. And I remember some of my favorite rap artists at the time, which happened to be 50 Cent. It was Lil Wayne that was in there and things like that. I believe the album was The Carter that I listened to often, sometimes with a friend who also was into Lil Wayne. But anyway, I would mention the gift and not mention the grind. And what I realized was I was doing others a disservice because what can happen is now you think that accomplishments only happen by a matter of luck, almost a luck of the draw situation. Yes, I do believe in alignment, that you should align with the grace that's on your life, which you are graced to do a certain thing. The same way I am in front of you today on this mic presenting this message to you because I know it's in alignment with the grace that I have in order to do that. You have to find where those grace areas are in your own life. So yeah, it's important that you align yourself with your gifts and your calling in this world. And what truly could we do without life again? So it's not wrong to credit life for giving you all of the things that you could not give yourself, which is darn near almost everything. But your response to the gift is what I am talking about. You working out of the love and the gratitude you have for the gift for waking up, for being able to talk and share, for being one who is a gifted musician, for one who is gifted in medicine and healing practices, for one who is gifted in possibly teaching, for one who is gifted in working with children or older people, whatever it is, insert yourself into this moment, into that space. There is a grace on your life. But there is also a required response in order to see success in your life. And so out of my love for the gift, for the grace that was on my life, I begin to work and work it out. And that garners favor and on and on. And the next thing you know, you're in front of crowds of thousands doing the same thing that you were graced to do in the beginning, but just not as good because through your agreement, through your discipline, through your attention to time to the gift, you were refined. And that is how this works. And so even now I need to clarify some things. And the reason why I'm bringing back all of these thoughts, I'm bringing this up again is because I don't ever want to do the same disservice. And I don't believe I have ever since then. I definitely don't on this podcast. And really quickly, it's not as if you're making it happen. You are participating with the gift. And there is a difference. There is an agreement that's going on internally with you and the gift. I could have a gift all day and not use it and therefore not agree with it, not give over to it in a way. And it give itself over to me in a way that creates a result that can only happen through an alignment, an agreement between us, a bond that is formed between that grace and my grind, right? The love spills over for it into a grind. 
And super quickly, this is also a principle that should be applied to love, relationships, etc. I don't have time to go there today, but the reason I am bringing this up today again is because what I can see is that so many of you in your mind have so much faith and still don't have any fight. And there are some things, some outcomes, some points of success, all of them, I believe, that will not really come until you're willing to fight for them. A lot of you say to yourselves, well, I believe that's possible. I believe that dream can happen for me. I believe that I can get to this ultimate reality, this ultimate dream destination in life. And you say you believe in the grace, in the gift. You acknowledge that there's something there, but you don't have any fight. You don't add the grind. If you don't put that into the equation, you're not going anywhere. Truthfully, any faith that doesn't have a fight attached to it is not true faith. What do you mean by faith? I mean the ability to fully hold on to, believe in something that is not yet. You see it in your mind. You see who you could be, but you are not acting upon it. And there are certain things in your life that will only be available to you if you are willing to go to war for them. And I know this is unpopular speech, but it's the truth. Some things you're going to have to fight for. A lot of you are wishing for certain things, hoping for certain things, praying for certain things, but you won't fight for them. And it doesn't make sense to dream about what you're not willing to war for. It is literally what it's going to take in most cases. Everything is not just going to come to you. Maybe it comes part of the way, but you got to fight the rest of the way. And until you understand this, there are a lot of results that you will see never be reached in your own life. Yes, there's a time for dreaming. And I'm really just talking about everything that's not really physical in this world, right? So maybe you don't consider yourself exactly praying or you don't use that word. Maybe you meditate. Maybe you visualize and write out vision boards, place pictures on the wall, etc. There's a time for that. That's real. That's necessary. But there's also a time to war for it, to fight for it, because if you don't, it won't come into fruition. And don't get me wrong. I always hate the fact that I even have to clarify these things. Of course, you know, I'm not saying that if you want a Louis Vuitton purse really bad, that you should go steal your neighbors and call that warring for it. I'm talking about ethical practices here, not warring against one another. But even against the ideas and the perceptions and the holds that others would try to put on you to keep you where you are, there's always going to be someone who tells you that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Who is he to tell me that? Who is he to advise anyone? Who is he to say anything? And I'll be real with you right here. I don't show my trophies hardly ever, to be honest with you. You don't know that this podcast right now that you're listening to has already been heard in at least 39 countries. Last time I looked, it was 280 something, 90, maybe cities, close to 300. And I've only been doing this for a year and I took six weeks off from it last year. I don't show people that. I don't tell people about my music past. I don't often, if at all, tell anyone that I've sat down, convened with certain people in a particular space that others would dream of doing that with because I don't care. And some of it might be selfish, but ultimately the overarching truth is it doesn't really mean that much to me. Not to say that I don't appreciate the opportunity. What I'm saying is I don't need it as a reference to make my ego feel better. 
I don't have any ego involved in those things. I enjoy it. I keep it secret a lot of times. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot more I have to accomplish. It's not like I've done the most things in the world, but I've done enough to give myself credit for, right? And I'm only giving you this example to say that sometimes the art of war is in the flex. Sometimes you ought to flex a little bit. Jay Z said, sometimes you got to remind these fools. What I'm adding to that is that sometimes I got to remind myself, right? Sure, I'll remind you, just so you know, all of the false accusations of, quote, he has no business telling people how to get anywhere, what has he done, are inaccurate, way inaccurate. Believe me, they are inaccurate. But also, to remind myself, you need to war in a way that also reminds you of who you are in the face of those type of adversities. And I'm using myself for an example, but I need you to think about you. If you were unqualified to be where you are, you would not be there. So you got to war. It's the only way you'll make it through. And sometimes you're going to war through a flex, but a lot of the times you're going to war through a fight. And I said this earlier, actually it's in the book, Wisdom for Days. I need you to go get that if you have not already. I always tell you that all of the wisdom, insight, things that I'm giving you is lived. I don't copy other people. I don't have to. I get inspired by other people all the time. I don't think that there's some new knowledge under the sun. I'm sure that people who know what they're talking about, we're all saying great and wonderful and even principally a lot of the same things in our own ways, right? But what I'm saying to you is I didn't have to go that route in order to have something to say. I'm not a knowledge broker per se, not for other people. I'll put it that way. If anything, for God, maybe, but not for others. So it's a book that is full of quotes, wisdom keys that were garnered through my own life experiences over years of experiences. And one of the things that I say in there is that some of you are not winning in life at whatever it is that you're wanting to succeed or win at, whether it's parenthood or monetary success or fame, whatever the goal is, simply because you are not willing to be anyone's enemy. And the truth is, when you're walking around conforming to the crowd, being as small as they want you to be, not being all that you should be, holding back so that you don't offend somebody and not wanting to go first because you know you got the jealous, envious cousin or the wannabe first brother or the want to live vicariously through you mother or can't stand your guts father or whatever it is. You know, I'm using close relationships because those affect us the most, but it could be anybody. It could be a mentor, a teacher, whatever the situation is. I faced all type of adversity from all different sides. But my point is, if you conform and stay small rather than fight because of what they think, because of what they think you shouldn't be doing, because of what they feel like you should be doing, and you don't want to make them upset and ruffle their feathers and things like that. You have not understood that there is a time for war. You're going to have to fight for what it is that you want. And I'm not, of course, just saying physically fighting. Nothing I just referred to had to do with any physical fighting per se. And some of you might have to physically fight. I don't know what predicament you're in, but I'm saying you're going to have to fight for it. There is no time better than now to begin to fight for your dream. And don't let me make you think that I'm saying go pick a fight with somebody. Don't go out there because of what I'm saying. So war ready that you're fighting with people who have come to help you or mistaking everybody for an enemy and all that stuff. I'm not saying that you got to balance this thing. I'm saying there's a time for war that adversity will rise against you. 
But you got to know that you have the upper hand as the dreamer, as the one who's manifesting your dream, the one that is aligned, the one that is backed by that favor, grace that could only be God given. Sure, but you got to fight for it. And I don't want to mishandle anyone's mind by making them think through my voice that there is not a fight included in this journey towards the dream, towards success, towards the desired outcome. There is a fight involved and you will have to fight. You will have to war. I told that story in the beginning to let you know that there are two sides of it. And this is not just luck of the draw. Whatever success you even see me have in the future will not have come without a fight. I guarantee you there's more to the story. But you need to know that you have to fight at some point. Not everyone's your enemy. And you honestly need to mature to the point of seeing even your enemies as your friends. But you're still going to have to fight. You're going to have to. Not unless you don't want anything, but that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother predicament. Some of you are praying for what you should be fighting for. Some of you are wishing for what you should be fighting for. And even in one more area, I'll say this too. There's a lot of you who have hopes and dreams for other people's lives. And I'm not saying you want to make them be something that they're not or anything like that. That's not what I'm referring to. If you just happen to be controlling in that type of way that you feel like you want to make whoever it is, it could be your son, your mother, whoever, stop trying to control them, first of all. But for those of you who just want to see the homeless person be fed and you're driving past them and you're only just praying for them, or you know there's people out there who are ready to commit suicide because they've lost their hope or they don't have any hope, they haven't been given hope through another human. Or you know someone's about to hurt themselves or someone is damaging themselves through certain behaviors and things like that. And you're thinking about this people, you have a heart for them, but you haven't come to doing anything physically for those people. Let me tell you, the best way to ensure those people what they want and need, the best way to intercede or intervene on these people's behalves, come in between them and their poverty, come in between them and their difficult states of living is to actually do it physically. You don't have to stand on the sidelines and say, oh, what can I do for this person? Let me just pray. Let me just, whatever it is that may be your default that's not an actionable step. You can intervene in a different way. You're gonna have to get some fight about you. And there's not gonna be something you can do all the time because of course the person's response is important. And you can't just make people be better without their approval without convincing them that there's a better way, etc. But you got to try if that's where your heart is, if that is something that you want to do. You got the energy, you don't use it. So it's time to fight for it, put it into play. And a lot of you are going to have to do a lot of work to get to that point of even giving back to those people in those ways, because you're going to have to fight for your own success, your own victory, your own, what Tony Robbins would say, breakthrough, your own self first. But there is a way to fight it out, to war with all the things that are opposing your, quote, breakthrough, that are opposing those higher ways of being. It's not just going to give it to you. Success ain't just going to come to you. Almost see it as, and this is my final example, a wrestler. Even if you wrestled in high school or whatever, there's a certain move that you can put on the opponent and you have to make him submit and give in by tapping the mat and the referee will call it. Well, this is how you have to do life. You're going to have to make it submit. There's one quote that I got from a friend that I feel like is really great for this point. And the quote is that the reasonable man conforms to the world around him, but the unreasonable man 
makes the world conform to himself. And the end of the quote says, be the unreasonable man. Living your dream is going to require you making the world conform to that dream, not forcing it. And we'll talk about that at a later date, probably this next episode, honestly. But you're going to have to fight nonetheless. Not force it, faith it. But at the same time, you're going to have to make it conform. This is the fight. And it'll happen when you realize, understand that there is a time for war and you're willing to fight. Not when you're willing to fight, but you have to embrace that that is a part of the process. Not everyone is going to be happy with you being some successful guru or whatever you want to be, but you got to fight for it. It doesn't matter what they think. You got to fight for it. Get some fight in you this week. Go for it. One life to live, as far as we know, this way. I can't say what all of the future holds, but I will fight today. You got to fight for it. I hope my examples were helpful to you. I hope that you've gotten something out of this. I hope that you develop your fight. Don't let anybody punk that out of you. Remember, the reasonable man conforms to the world around him, accepts whatever is handed to him as his lot. But the unreasonable man makes the world conform to him. He gets his way. He gets the dream. He lives the dream. Be the unreasonable man. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate you. Believe it or not, I love you or I wouldn't be doing this. Go to becomingallthatweare.com in order to get that book. Follow me on social media. Enroll in my coaching. If you don't want to do the Start Fresh program, I promise you I am here. It is my job to make your dream a reality. I want to do that for you. I want to help you get there. I can't do it for you, but I want to assist you, partner with you in a way to make that happen. That's why I'm here. So sign up for the coaching that's there on that site and we'll create the life you feel is worth living for. Thank you again. As you know, it is my desire that through these things that you would prosper. And until next time.